day. Aren't you glad you came here today? Holy good grief. It's just the best. And then, of course, now we go launch into the talk, which the theme is divine discomfort. And everybody goes, ugh. You know, it's like, oh my God, why did I come here today? <laughs> and today's talk is transforming our world. And you know, what transforms the out there is, is the transformation of the in here. Right? We all know that. That's really what, what the science of mind and spirit is about. Nothing, nothing transforms out there without it first being transformed in here. Everything happens from consciousness first. So the last link in the chain of manifestation is the physical. Right? Is the physical, is the change of the condition or the effect, the outside, what's seen in the world. But it has to change on the inside first. And so we know what is seen in the outside in the world is but a reflection of our change of consciousness. Some things have moved from the invisible realm to the visible. And that's how this works, right? Change your thinking, change your life. That's what Ernest Holmes said, change your hairstyle, change your life, change your whatever, right? Change your thinking, change your life. Everything starts from the inside out. Ernest Holmes said, we do not change all of our patterns of our thought in a moment. Rather, it takes place little by little until gradually the old thought patterns become transformed and new ones by some inner alchemy of the mind, the operation of which we do not see, but the manifestation which we do experience. Right? So it all changes inside first. And then you begin to see it here and there around in your experience. And all of us want to transform the world, don't we? Right? We all want to transform the world. Every time you, know, you get up in the morning, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a new day. We're going to just change the world or at least change some part of it. You know, it's like, I, I remember new, new ministers, right? They, they come onto the platform. They're going to just change. They get hired. They get a new letter of call. We're going to change the world. And then they almost get fired for changing the bulletin. <laughs> Believe me, right? It happens. But we do. We, we come on like gangbusters. We want to change the world, all of us. We want peace, in the world, don't we? Who doesn't want peace in the world? We all do. We want abundance. We want food. We want shelter. We want harmony for everyone. All of us know that those outer changes must begin in here. We have to have peace in our mind, peace in our home, peace in our neighborhood, peace in our, in our village before we can have peace in the world. Everything in the physical world is the outpicturing of the inner in the inner thoughts. It starts with us, right? You know that expression, you know, we have to be the change that we seek in the world, right? We, we have to be that change. And as we change, we become those shining examples of what life can be. And then we begin to facilitate for that for others, don't we? When you have a lovely life and things are going well and you're just as happy as can be, don't people want that? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you knowing? that I don't know because I would love to have a life as peaceful and happy and joyous as you. Like that pebble dropped in the pond, those ripples keep going out. You have no idea how many people's lives have changed because you're in theirs. You just don't know. You just don't know how many people have caught 
that, right? Because of you. Caught the possibility. Caught, caught the infinite potential. Caught the idea that their lives can be better and fuller. Maybe, maybe you've changed the life of one person. Maybe 10, maybe 100. Maybe 1,000, you don't know. You don't know, but you, by you just being you and practicing these principles and being that in the world, you have no idea how many people's lives that you have changed. Greg Braden wrote in his book, The Divine Matrix, and now his, his uh, research, it's weird, but his research was in identifying how many people it takes, and this is what he says, how many people must share the inner experience of peace before peace becomes mirrored into the world. Well, there's an equation for that. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know. I think it came from the Maharishi Mahashyogi. Anyway, there is an equation for that. It is the square root of 1% of the population of humanity needed to create enough higher vibrations to usher in world peace. That's what they said. So 1%, there's 8 billion of us on the planet. So 1% of 8 billion is 80 million. And the square root of that is, anybody? Get your calculators out. <laughs> 8,944 people. That's it. 8,944 people need to know peace, practice peace in their minds, meditate on peace, do their work in peace. Now, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi has passed. His, his son is taking up this work, and he's calling it the group of 9,000, right? Because that's pretty close, 8,944. That's pretty close to 9,000. So he's calling it the group of 9,000. He wants 9,000 dedicated people who will, who will meditate on world peace. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? You want to start a group of 9,000 here at Vision? Anybody with me? You want to like just do it? Let's get together and we can be part of that 9,000. I would love to do that. Let's be part of the solution rather than complain about the, the problems. Right? We'll do our part here. Ernest Holmes said this in Help for Today. He said, remember, if we are surrounded by those who are projecting attitudes of negation, we have the power to change the dial and not tune in. Their broadcast can bypass us, and their negation will not arouse in us a corresponding attitude because we will not be broadcasting on the same frequency. And we know this, right? We absolutely know the, the, the air is filled with broadcasting. It is absolutely filled, right? We are surrounded by energy. We are energy. And we just resonate to those things that are like us. Everything is energy. We get to choose, right? Free will, remember? Free will? Okay, good. We get to choose what we tune into. I mean, think about it. We are surrounded by radio waves right now, right? How many stations are broadcasting right now going over the airwaves? So it's all around us in the air. We're surrounded by it. We don't hear it unless we have an appropriate receiver. Remember when people had metal fillings? Do you remember those old stories about people would get, would get like radio stations in their mouth? <laughs> you know, like they could hear them? I mean, I just think it's wild. Anyway, there were instances, very, very rare, where people could hear radio stations coming from their mouths. But because it is feasible for that to happen, it's incredibly rare. But it is feasible only if the conditions are right. So think about it. We're surrounded 
by those broadcasts. We're surrounded by people broadcasting everything. What are we going to tune into? Right? We're surrounded by frequencies all the time. Ernest Holmes said this, did you ever stop to think you, you are a spiritual and mental broadcasting station? Messages are going out from you in all directions, perhaps even while you sleep, which have an influence on your environment and the people around you. And since all energy returns to its source and everything moves in circles, the messages you broadcast will come back to you. What are you broadcasting? What are you broadcasting, right? Are we broadcasting peace? Are you broadcasting peace in your life all the time? Are you broadcasting love? Are you broadcasting joy? You know, it goes back to that, that old um, story about, you know, you get, getting your cup of coffee from wherever you get it from, your little coffee, and you turn to walk away and somebody bumps into you. What happens? The coffee spills out all over the place, right? So, so the question is, why did the coffee spill out all over the place? And your answer is, well, the idiot, <laughs> that guy that bumped into me, that's why my coffee spilled all over the place. No, the coffee spilled all over the place because coffee was what was in your cup. So what's in your cup when you get bumped? What spills out of you when you get jostled? Is it love? Is it joy? Is it compassion? Is it empathy? Is it, is it condemnation? Is it name calling? Is it anger? What spills out of you when you get bumped? Right? So what are you broadcasting? What are you broadcasting? If you're broadcasting fear, fear's gonna return, right? Broadcasting blessings, blessings return. The courage returns to us. The false beliefs will return to us. Whatever we are broadcasting on a regular basis is going to return to us. And of course, this is all the good news. <laughs> breathe, breathe. Everybody's like, going, oh, God. This is the good news because we can change what we're broadcasting. This is free will, right? We can control our thoughts. We can control what we are broadcasting. We can change it if it's negative. We can change it and make it positive because it's all occurring in our own mind. Don't you have that, that narrative that runs all the time, right? When you're driving, when you're thinking, when you're working on the computer, when you're scrolling through Facebook, you resonate with all the things you already believe in, right? We're always broadcasting something. So we can make that conscious choice to broadcast good, to broadcast blessings, to broadcast love and compassion. And, and Ernest Holmes, the most simple way to do this is to learn to have faith, Ernest Holmes said. Learn to have faith in this thing called life. Learn to have faith in God, in the power that is greater than we are. In, in one of his uh, practitioner training classes, he said this. He said, God in you, as you, is you. There is nothing else you can be. You didn't have to do anything to it. You didn't make it, and you cannot change it. You didn't do anything that was good enough to earn it, and you cannot do anything bad enough to destroy it. It is just the truth of us. We are just that. We are just spirit and form, right? That's all there is. 
And you know, I've been thinking about this and thinking about this.、Um, we have been running on a steady diet of fear since 9/11. Think about this. Think about this. Right? This country for over 20 years, we've been running on a steady diet of fear, over over 20 years of fear and suspicion, and the other, the other that is coming to get us. And then after 20 years, what happened? The plague hit, <laughs> right? Just to even double down on it. Oh my God, we're in danger. Take cover. We must always be at the ready, right? Remember that stupid chart: the red, orange, yellow. You know, blah blah blah. It never went below orange. It just kept going from red to orange, orange to red, red to orange. Never went down there to blue or green or aren't we happy? Never, ever, ever did it go down there, right? No wonder, no wonder, we are overweight and tired and short-tempered and seeing the enemy all over the place and being divisive and arguing with each other on on Facebook. Oh my God, this is the contagion of fear that Ernest Holmes spoke of back in the 50s. That's what he called it, the contagion of fear. And he said this about it. He said. But have we realized the real leadership must start with the individual? That's us. That until we straighten out our thoughts, we cannot even expect greater leadership in the country.、Oh, think about that. And he said, goes on to say, and if fear is contagious and does, in some mysterious way, secrete a germ which acts negatively on the physical body. I don't think it's too far to say that it also secretes some kind of mental germ in the mind, which affects the whole human race and affects any everyone with a sense of confusion and uncertainty and anxiety. Holy moly! Our our cortisol levels are this high all the time, right? And we know what that does to a body after a while. Just breaks stuff down. You can't go around with a cortisol level that high all the time. He said, "Let's let's not forget, fear is contagious, but faith is doubly so. How wonderful it is to think we can broadcast germs of con- consciousness, of confidence, of love, of peace, of joy, of goodwill. How wonderful to think that each one of us can so influence our environment that everyone who steps into our environment benefits." That's what we're learning here. That's what re- the science of mind and spirit is about: is to be that joy, to be that love, to be that strength and that peace in the world. Because people will catch it, won't they? You know, don't 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 people come away from an encounter with you feeling better, just about being with you, because you're happy and you're joyous and you're loving and you're kind. And all of the principles that we learn from the science of mind and spirit, people come away feeling better because they just had an encounter with you. Robin, I'm thinking about Robin. Robin, you are radiant, vibrant, and dynamic. Every time I ask her, Robin, how are you today? Radiant, vibrant, and dynamic. Now, isn't that awesome? Don't you just feel good and all tingly just hearing that? Just hearing her say she is. It's like. Yeah, me too. You know, I kind of got it. I got, I got whatever it is she's got. You know, we practice 
the science of mind and spirit. We become filled with that truth. It is contagious. It absolutely is. And this is what we need now. This is the teaching. This is the time. We are the people. We are longing to connect. Man, it has been a long time, hasn't it? How long did that COVID you know, isolation go on? Feels like, like 40 years, right? We've been doing this. Feels like forever. Oh my God, and aren't we so tired of the superstition and the suspicion and the divisiveness and anything you see on, on social media, no matter what it is, no, you put up somebody goes, yeah, well, that's right? You can hear it. You can just hear it the way it's written. Even though it's just written in the words, you can hear in your, in your head, right? Everybody's like against everybody else. We're so tired of this. We're tired of the divisiveness. Don't you want to just like have a love fest sometimes? I mean, don't you just want to like, I just love you. I just love you. And that's, and that's all there is. No disclaimers, no, no, you know, exceptions. We just love, just love. Did anybody, did anybody read about Elmo's tweet the other day? I call it a tweet. Okay. So Elmo, a Twitter, I don't know what it's called anymore. X, whatever. I don't, okay. So Elmo tweeted out the other day. Little cute little Elmo. Hi, this is Elmo. Just checking. What is it? Elmo, just checking in. How's everybody doing? That's all he tweeted. That was it. Right? Little red furry Sesame Street forever three-year-old Elmo asked on Twitter, how's everybody doing? The tweet received 14,000 replies, 49,000 retweets, 122,000 likes by January 31st. Over 24 hours later, the tweet had 137 million views. You think we feel lonely and isolated? People are starving for connection. And here were some of the responses. Elmo, Mondays are hard. <sighs> Elmo, I'm going to be real. I am at my effing limit. Elmo, I've got a level with you, baby. We're fighting for our lives. Honestly, Elmo, I need a hug. Oh, Elmo, sweetheart, we're not doing well. Elmo, I'm having a quarter-life crisis right now, and I can't get my shit together to finish the last semester. I'm mentally burnt out, and I have a lifetime of working to go. Elmo, I'm at the crossroads, and frankly, I could use a little support. Elmo, I shouldn't have rushed wanting to be an adult. <laughs> I need a break, big guy. <laughs> Elmo, I'm suffering from a little existential dread over here. I got to tell you, more than anything else, we need universal health care. <laughs> we need universal mental health care, at least. At least. These folks are pouring their hearts out to a Muppet. <laughs> a Muppet. Oh, we are in need. And here our vision, again, here at Vision, I want us to be the answer. I want us to be part of the answer and not the problem. 
This is why we have hospitality after celebration. We don't want you to run out. Stay and mingle and be part of something that's wonderful and great. Talk and 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 create community among each other. More than sitting here listening to the talk, and I know you find value in my talk. Thank you. <laughs> But it's not about that. It's about this. It's about the connection between each other. This is what's important. It's about sitting and listening to each other at hospitality, talking afterward, sharing, being in each other's lives, making arrangements to go to movies together or, or plays or something, or outside of what we do on Sundays. It's about listening to each other. If we can't even change each other's、um, a situation, maybe we can pray about it. We can support each other. We can talk about it and share about it. And we make small groups. And we have workshops and and classes and and I said before, right?、Um, somebody said my my life just works better when I'm in a class because we're sharing, we're bonding, we're being a group, we're supporting each other. We keep learning over and over. With God, all is possible. With God, all is possible. Ah, <sighs> that's what I hear from visioneers. That's what you are, visioneers. Isn't that a great term? I love it. We're all visioneers, right? That's what I hear back from you. My life works better when I'm in class. I love listening to this stuff. I actually practice these principles. I'm learning how to meditate at home. I'm praying, right, when I get up and and before I go to bed at night. I'm immersed in truth and principles. Practicing the principles. We evolve when we are actively practicing the principles. We evolve. Life does get better. We do demonstrate more of what we desire and less of what we don't. And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, "Developing confidence in ourselves, in our ability to meet and handle all undesirable situations, requires we must have confidence in that something that is greater than we are. Then we will have spiritual self-reliance." When this is done, the lesser must always submit to the greater. Weakness gives way to strength. Despair turns to hope. Hate becomes love. Failure is success. Sickness dissolves into health. The action that takes place is not one of despotic or overruling harshness, but one that moves in harmony, in love, in warmth, in beauty, and in order. Quietly transforming everything that is unlike itself, the Bible says, "Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." The only way we will transform this world is by transforming our lives.